0: Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com messages. Well, I want to welcome you back to a series we began a few weeks ago where we're studying the Old Testament story of the Exodus, and we're talking about changes in our journey with God. We're talking about how things change and we're learning that we as human beings are not that great at these difficult twists and turns that come into our lives. I wanna welcome all those watching online. We get messages from people all over watching online. Maybe someone in one of our video services here at the Keller Campus, our McKinney Campus, and I wanna welcome our Hazlitt campus streaming with us right now. Been there now for the last few weeks and God's doing amazing things. Put your hands together and welcome all those that are joining in with us. I'm gonna ask if you have your Bibles this weekend to turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13 where we're at a new stop in the journey with the people of God as they have come out of Egypt and now they've been journeying along in their wandering and wandering and wandering and wandering around. And what happens in our lives as we're on our journey with God, sometimes we have some times where we're wandering, but we come to big moments. We come to really major moments in our journey. Sometimes there's just the everyday life decision that's regarding the changes that God's bringing in our lives. But sometimes we come to the big ones. You know, not where there's a multiple choice test where you get to choose A, B, C, D, E, or F. It's A or B. It's one big moment where God wants to lead you into the choice that he has for you. And I wanna talk to you this weekend about what I believe to be one of the greatest substances, the greatest possessions, the greatest revelation that you need when you're on your journey of faith. And I want you to really understand what it means to have real faith in your life. What is that? For some of you, you've automatically connected to the biblical reference. Others of you, you're thinking, are you talking about my religion? Are you talking about I check this box that I'm of this persuasion? Or it's my style of church or worship? No, I wanna talk to you about something that comes into the life of a person when they begin to understand what God is wanting to do in and through them and it's one of the most needed things that we can possess when we're facing change. we're learning from these stories that again, they lived a long time ago, but their hearts are much like ours. As we look at the story and we see how they're moving along, we really see ourselves in the story. I do wanna make a quick stop over to Hebrews chapter 11 because what's interesting about the Exodus story is it's referred to all the time, even in the New Testament takes up a lot of real estate in the Old Testament, but it's referred to in the New Testament. In fact, it is there, as the New Testament tells us, as examples. And there's another place in the New Testament, Hebrews 11, that talks about our subject for this weekend, the subject of faith. And Hebrews chapter 11 even refers to Moses and the journey. It says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. It's when you're convicted of what you can't see in the natural. For by it, the men of old gained approval. There's this list of people who walk by faith in this chapter. By faith, we understand and we see that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. I've had a question three times in the last two weeks. Pastor, it's interesting that you preach these messages. Are you just asking people to have blind faith? Like to receive Jesus, like that's just like blind faith. No, 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 it's not blind faith, because the Word of God is where we get the actual understanding of what God's saying. The world is not created just by blind faith, it's created by the very words of God, prepared by the Word of God. So that which what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And it says this, down in verse six, and without faith, It is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. There's a participation on our part in the things God wants to do in our lives. I see this understanding of faith, and I think about this in my own life, and I think about it in your life, and that is when the pressure comes, you settle to the level of your convictions you settle to the level of what you really have faith in. When it's A or B, you have to really settle into the place where you settle down to the deepest level of that which you are convicted about. I think about when you're building buildings. In fact, you you came on campus here at the Keller campus. We're adding this new kids building. I'm so excited about it. It's gonna minister to these families that you just saw here and their children. They're gonna learn about Jesus. It's exciting. And you came on campus, you see it. We're adding some common space. We're adding a new kids building. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, All of the parking up to this point has been paid for by cash due to your generosity. And we're excited to take this next step. November 13th and 14th, we have a miracle offering coming up, and that's exciting because we're going to continue to move forward into all that God has for us. But really what I want you to think about is you look out there and you see that dirt moving, and if you've ever built a home or you've ever done anything like this, you realize you get real excited when you break ground. And when you break ground, you're like, man, in just a few weeks, we're actually going to see something. No, it's going to take a while. It's gonna take a while. I remember when we were building our building here, our main campus building that we worship in at the Keller campus and I remember coming out and man, it was exciting and it took forever. It was like they had special people to test the soil and then they spent all this time injecting water in the soil. And I use this as a reference in our lives and I want you to know as I talk to you today, I have a new level of revelation today even in terms of faith. Because we move from faith to faith and glory to glory, faith is something in your life that you grow in as you continue to exercise it. And I have a new level because I remember in the beginning of 2020. You remember the beginning of 2020, before the world went crazy. You remember when we were just kind of bebopping along, rocking along in the desert. We didn't have to make a big choice in our lives. And I remember I was just grappling. I mean, sometimes you just struggle and just kinda, I was just, and I remember talking to our team, I'm just like, and we had all these different thoughts and I, and I said, I, I, I believe that God's really saying something here, I, I don't know what's going on, but there's a stirring in my spirit that we've gotta talk to people and that people don't have as strong a foundation as they need and we all need a stronger foundation and I preached a message series called Built to Last in February of 2020. About having convictions, about having foundations of faith when everything else in the world begins to shake. And I talked about when you're building a natural building, it takes a long time to prepare the dirt because you've got to drill those piers down to rock level so that however high you want that building to go, you better have a strong enough foundation to support everything that's going to be on top of it. And it's the same way in our lives today. Your faith will be tested your convictions will be tested. Who you really are will be tested. And I tell you today what I'm talking to you about, I believe, again, we've made progress and we've grown and yet a lot of us have been blown all over the place and I'm more convinced and more convicted even today that I want you to possess your own personal, real, biblical faith so that you can go into everything that God has for your life. So we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna talk about you settling to the level of your convictions because we're at the big moment in the story. They left the bondage of Egypt. They prayed to be released from Egypt. And here's what happens for a lot of us. We pray for something and then we get it. And we underestimate all the other things that are gonna go along with it. And so they've been wandering there and now they're up to the edge of the promised land. It's an amazing statement here in the story here where God has promised them this place and you see them now come up to the edge, there's two and a half million of them. Amazing, Pastor Moses got two and a half million people he's trying to take care of and we said all along, there's two and a half million and two go in. What happens at this moment there where they're right there at the promised land is that Moses chooses 12 men and says go in and Look over this land, this land God's promised us. Go in there and tell us what's going on. Go in there and check it out. So they go for 40 days and they go and survey this land. And as a result of them surveying this land, every single person is left with an A or B decision. Every single person is left with A or B, not A, B, C, D, E, F. Every person is left with that decision. You may be at that moment in your own life. You may be there right now. If you're not there right now, let me promise you, you're coming to a moment of A or B decision where your faith and your convictions will be tested. They come to this place there and they have to decide. Here's the only problem when you get to that place where your faith is tested. The truth is, all of us in the natural, we wanna avoid that pressure. It's just like, is there anybody besides me? I don't like pain, you know? It's like, oh no, ah, can I just kinda Get away from this a little bit. Can I, can I, can I have, is there another option? Is there something else I can do? Because I don't want to have to get to that place where I'm really tested in my faith. I think about these families up here. They look like they've been sleeping okay, but I know they haven't. Because I've had little kids. And, uh, you know, there's nothing that'll test your faith like a colicky baby. Anybody know what I'm saying? You're in the middle of the night just... Now I learned something though, and I always feel that it is my job to continue to pass along every parenting hack and every life hack, every little thing that I can give you. Now they have a deal you can go to on YouTube and you can play white noise for the baby that sounds like it's in the mother's womb. And I found out this has 124 million views on it. There's some parents that are not driving their kids around the neighborhood. They're playing this little white noise thing. Y'all know what I'm saying? And it's going to have about 125 million views after I preach on it this weekend but anyway <laughs> i think i may use it you know sometimes i have fo- uh, trouble falling asleep anybody with me we may play some white noise for ourselves cuz i have a marital issue even with trying to go to sleep because my wife i put my iphone in another location when i go to sleep so just so you know that if you call me and you got a demon in the middle of the night you know a halloween devil gets up on you here's what i'm going to say <laughs> You've had it for like 30, 40 years. You're gonna to have to keep it for another night, you know, because I'm not answering the phone. Because, you know, now my wife, she turns her phone right side up and it's on the table. The other night, it's just right before you're about to go to sleep, and then all of a sudden, ding, and the light comes on. Honey, please, who is that? It's 11 o'clock, looks at it. It's Meemaw, you know? Because, you know, Meemaw, that's what y'all grandparents, you know, you, you got every day Saturday, you know? Hey, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Uh, we, we, we're asleep. That's what we're doing right now. Y'all know what I'm saying? But don't you wish when the music of the movie of your life comes up to an intense moment and you know, oh no, it's A or B, don't you wish you could just play white noise and fall asleep? Don't you wish you could just kind of get your sleeping music going? You could turn on your sleeping fan. Who out there has a sleeping fan and just let it One of my friends uses a river, a bubbling brook. Don't you wish we could just turn that on and I could avoid the pressure? The reality is we can't. And I love Numbers chapter 13 because it gives us a real life example of what happens when it's an A or B moment. I love it. Look what it says this. They go in the land, they come out. It says they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Imagine that. It actually is what God said that it would be. Amazing, amazing. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Can you imagine these people who have been eating this manna, this what is it? And now they can make a fruit smoothie. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, here's some grapes. Wow, we would need to add that fiber to our diet. Man, this tastes good. Here's some fruit from it. Here it is. Amazing. But then it says, but, but. You know how many buts in our story have stopped us from the plan of God for our life? But, but, but this, but that. Here's all the things that they say. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Man, this is a great risk analysis, isn't it? This is a great printout of all the reasons. We have insurance for our insurance. We have analysts for analyzing everything. We get analysis paralysis because we can analyze every single factor. And what if this happens? And if C, then B. And what about B and D, E and F? All the different reasons why. But listen to Caleb. Caleb silenced the people. He silenced the people and he didn't deny the report. By the way, a lot of people think, oh, when a pastor's preaching on faith, what you're saying, pastor, is you don't live in a real world. You're just a preacher, you know, like angels pick you up out of your bed every day and you walk around, you know, with God's presence. Is like, hallelujah. You don't know where I live. Look, I've been a pastor for 27 years. I know where you live. And you know what? I have to live that same life of faith that you do. But look what, Caleb doesn't deny it. Sometimes people think faith is denying reality. It's not denying reality, it's having a different perspective on your circumstance. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up. We should take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. We can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him, listen to what they say. We can't attack those people, they are stronger than we are. And listen to this. This is a very important part of the story. They spread among the Israelites a bad report. You just get this now. Two and a half million believed the bad report. You know why? Fear sells. Insecurities and fear and negativity, it spreads fast. They spread it through the whole camp. A bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored, devours those living in it. Now, let me show you what fear does. It doesn't just start with, okay, the cities are fortified and there's some strong people there. Fear always takes you beyond what reality is. Fear always goes beyond the practical report. You get a bad health report, you have this. By the time you finish looking at WebMD, you're planning your funeral. You just get something, oh, I don't feel right. then you start searching, WebMD. I better call the funeral home. I'm gonna die. Oh my gosh. Because fear always takes you beyond what the real report actually is. Look what they do. We explored this land. It devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are great size. So everybody there is a great size. Every single person there is of great size. There's no short, small, medium. They're all huge. We saw the Nephilim there. Scholars believe this when you study commentaries, that this is actually like a folklore tale. It's like Bigfoot eating beef jerky. The Israelites would have told one another spooky stories about the Nephilim. Uh, is it like a demon? Is it like a, a, a Bigfoot? Is it like an alien? I think there was an alien sighting. It's like Ghostbusters, who are you gonna call? Boom, boom, it's like the Nephilim are there. So they're spreading this. They're all huge, the Nephilim are there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim and this may be one of the greatest faith verses in the entire Bible. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Did you know how you see God affects how you see yourself? And how you see yourself affects how you approach your challenges in your A or B moment. Says this, we look the same to them. So how we saw ourselves affected how fear saw us. Amazing, and then this verse in chapter 14 verse one, this is amazing, that night, all the members, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. They've never seen any of this in the land. Just by the report, they've never seen any of these Nephilim. They've never seen anything over in that land. But just the report causes them to go, oh, we're gonna die. Oh. They're crying out loud, the whole community. they never even seen it. That's the power of negativity and cynicism and unbelief. It has power. Oh, they're all crying. I love this verse if you look down. This is what I want for you this weekend. Verse 24, look at this. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. Has a different spirit. Have you ever been around someone with a different spirit? We're not, we're not talking about personality types. You know, I think today we do all these intake questionnaires, and they're good. I'm not against it. We do it here. You know, well, I mean, they're just a person of faith because they're an aide on the Enneagram. Well, they're just a person of faith because they're extroverted. You know, I'm introverted, so that gives me an excuse to be rude because I'm introverted. I'm introverted, so I'm, I'm rude. Oh, I'm extroverted, so I get an excuse to be obnoxious. No, 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 no. It says here, Caleb, not in his innate personality, in his spirit, he had a different spirit. When you're around someone with a different spirit, when it's not about them, it's about God, when it's about others and not themselves, when they're not self-absorbed, when they're not consumed by fear, when they don't have analysis paralysis, when they have the heart of God, when they have the heart of someone who loves others, when you see generosity flowing out of their life, when you see that spirit, it's attractive, and it's more attractive today than it's ever been. Caleb had a different spirit. You ever been around somebody that you're just like, wow. Is that real? Caleb had a different spirit. And you know why he had a different spirit? He follows me wholeheartedly. Don't ever forget this. When you stop to protect yourself from fear, you think you're actually bettering yourself, but you actually just change your spirit every time you do. It just affects who you really are. Every single time. Follows me wholeheartedly, and I'm gonna bring him into the land we went to, and his descendants, will inherit it too. Don't ever underestimate you following God has an impact on the people coming behind you and them possessing everything that God has for them too. And later on in this, a few verses later, I love what it says. And at 80 something years old, Caleb said, I'm as strong as ever. Because when you have a different spirit, it's not based even on your age. You love God more. You wanna walk by faith more. You're not pulling back more as you get older. You're going more forward into everything that God has for you. That was Caleb's spirit. Now you may notice a little extra passion in me today, a little bit. You may like, Pastor Jeff, you're a little bit animated. This section of passages changed my life. They're, they actually have something to do with what you're experiencing for us here as a church, because I was 21 years old when I became a senior pastor. And I didn't say I was a good one, I just said I was one. People said, I don't think we can follow you. I think, I don't think I would follow me, actually. But God put me in that place. And I found myself, and, and by the way, it wasn't like today. There wasn't a milestone, there, there wasn't a, an atmosphere where, where you could welcome everyone. I had a meeting with our leadership and they were upset and I was like, why why are you upset? And they said, there's all these people coming. That's where I lost my hair. I thought that's what we're trying to do, aren't we? Like reach people. Then I realized they were talking about it's the wrong people. Sinners were coming to church. Can you imagine that? Divorced people coming to church. I mean, wait a minute. People of different races coming to church. Oh, really? Are you kidding me? And I had something rise up in me when I was reading this passage. In fact, I want to show you my study Bible. This happened in 1996. Now some of you are like, that's yesterday. You're getting old, okay? Some of you are like, I wasn't born. I don't know what to tell you about that. But anyway, I I wrote right here in my Bible, and you need to know this. We are collectively even experiencing some of this because I saw out into the future in 1996, look what it says, God's promise to me, May 2nd, 1996. Look at my notes there. A man who will speak God's message, a challenge to take God's promised land, See, I'd just eaten a little bit of its fruit, but I didn't even really know everything about what the promised land would look like. A church where people from all backgrounds, of people from all persuasions, where we could come together, where we don't compromise truth, where we preach on sin, where we actually make disciples. We don't just have platform ministry, where you're not just about a platform, but you're about people. A church where people's lives can be changed, where people get saved where we put people in a baptistry and dunk them until they bubble and come up saying, tithing together we build. And if you're you know, not fully dunked, you leave a dry arm, we dunk you again, because you gotta get fully immersed. Amazing, I'd never seen it, but I thought, you know what? I don't wanna be miserable. I don't wanna live miserable. Like what if, what if, what if we had that type of atmosphere and right there with all my belongings in my in-laws house, You're like, Pastor, you know, is that your personality? No, I was scared. I I was afraid, I I didn't know, but I had the Word of God speak to me through this very passage. It's the reason my son is named Caleb. It was a defining moment for my life. You're like, Pastor, well, that's great for you. Superimpose your own A or B moment. This isn't about me. I, I have a lot of these moments. I have a Bible marked with a track record of a history of the faithfulness of God. It's not because I'm better, it's just because I've been in a place where I had to trust him a lot. And I want it for you. I want it for you, I will tell you, February of 2020. February of 2020 brought about March of 2020 and now we stand here today and I want you to know, I'm a different person today based on the trials I've been through in the last several months. And you say, where are you pastor? (laughs) More convinced. More convinced of the promises of God, more convinced That everything we are putting our hope in is not the answer for the hearts and lives of people. That Jesus Christ is the only one that can change anybody. That we need a greater foundation in our hearts and lives. We need a greater level of peers in our hearts to take us to the next faith steps that we have in our personal life. We got a scorecard, even as pastors that maybe we need to preach to people's foundation a little bit more than just having like a cool experience where everyone comes in and goes, well, that was entertaining, and then we go get chicken afterwards. I'm more convinced. It's like a muscle. The first time you walk in a gym, you're like, man, can I get the Barbie dumbbells? You know, you're just like, oh man, gee, can we do aerobics? Thing about lifting weights is you lift a few, you're surprised by the fact that you wanna get a bigger one. And that's the way faith works in your life. This is not human pride. This is not human confidence. This is not human ability. This is not human strength. I'm as scared as the next person. But biblical faith produces the spirit of Caleb in your life. It produces that. You're like, okay, what does that actually look like? Well, we see it in the story. In the story, we see they're bound in Egypt, then they wander in the wilderness, they're lost. And what we see is the fullness in the New Testament of what Jesus brings into our life as we come into the promised land of life with him. But every step takes faith. Did you know the Bible says you're saved by faith. You get the grace of God revealed Jesus to you, but you still have to say yes to Jesus. We don't do it anymore because we got multiple services. Maybe we should. But the church I grew up in, you didn't just kind of stick your toe in the aisle. Yeah, I'll take Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, count me in, preacher. There was a preacher standing at the front. You had to step out. He's down there. They're singing 17,000 verses of Just As I Am. Just as I am waiting to go get chicken. Can we get done with this service? I mean, in the church I grew up in, we had the same people all the time. So sometimes people would just give the preacher a token visit. You It'd be like, I'm going to rededicate my life just because you look lonely. But I'm gonna tell you, whether you do raise your hand or you do step out to get water baptized or you come to Discovery 101, we have a thing called a grow track here to help you engage and grow in your faith. Every step, and it all starts with the first step, is that you have to say, you know what? I'm stepping toward Jesus. I'm stepping toward Jesus, and it's faith that you begin to take those steps. That's saving faith, but then every step along the way is living by faith. I want to give you the contrast here for just a moment. Unbelief. I want you to hear unbelief because it's so subtle and it gets in us and all these people had it in this story. I'm just trying to be honest. I deal in the facts. Sounds so, so sane, so responsible. As I've said it many times, there's even a, a fine line between the facts and stewardship and unbelief. I'm just looking at the numbers, Pastor. I'm just looking at the facts. That may be your experience. When you see someone with a different experience, what you wanna say is, well, that may be your experience, it's not mine. Here's one that I see all the time. I agree with the biblical principle, but my situation is unique. No, no, my situation is unique, Pastor. I mean, I know the Word of God says to tithe, but you don't understand. My situation is unique. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, I know the Word of God says to flee sexual immorality, but we're living together because our situation is unique. I know the word of God says, when you're having marriage trouble, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church, but you don't understand, preacher, she's unique. (laughs) She's way unique. So I have a unique set of circumstances that exempts me from biblical faith. If God wanted me to have this, he would give it to me. Come on. If it be thy will, well, you know, God is sovereign, so his will will happen anyway, but that doesn't exempt us from participating in his will throughout the Bible. If it be thy will, if God wanted me to have it, look at this. I think God has disappointed me. I think he's punishing me for what I did. A lot of times the enemy comes to injure our faith. You're trucking along and then you get in some kind of unhealthy, toxic situation And you remember a time where you used to just be giddy and have childlike faith and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and all that toxicity and that pain and all that stuff in your life gets you to a place where you think, you know what? God's not leading me to my next step. I'm disqualified from it. Here's faith. I trust God's word more than I trust my circumstances. I don't know why this has happened, but I know God is with me. I'm not going to let how I feel determine who God is. My feelings will lie to me and I already know it. So I'm already going to wage an all out war and an assault on my feelings before I ever feel it. Because I'm gonna feel it. Because he's a good father, he's never bothered when I ask for his help or believe in his promises. Even if God doesn't do what I ask, I'm not going to stop trusting him, that's a different spirit. Let me give you three quick ways, because I think you want to be a part of the two that go into the promised land. I think you want Caleb's different spirit. I know you do. And so you say, what does that really look like, Pastor? Number one, if God says it, this is real simple right here as we finish up. Here it is, I'm gonna leave you with some practicals. If God says it, we believe it, and we're crazy enough to do it. Come on, you ought to make that just a life motto. That's Christianity 101. If God says it, we believe it, and we're crazy enough to do it. That's what Caleb said. Hey, God said we could have the promised land. Think about that. So simple. I wrote it in my Bible because it was a promise to me. I'd never seen anyone that had said we can do it different. I'd never seen a church where you could make disciples. I'd never seen a place where we could actually like have youth camp every week, not just in the summer. I'd never seen it. But I said, you know what? If God says it, I'm gonna believe it and I'm crazy enough to do it. It's the same way in your life. Crazy enough. Hey, if God said we can have the promised land, why are we gonna live out here in the wilderness when we can be in the promised land? God says it, we believe it, we're crazy enough to do it. And if you begin to live that way, you begin to build a track record of God showing up at every turn, not because you say it, but because he says it, because he's faithful to his word over and over and over. Here's the next thing, look at it. We see ourselves the way God sees us. I have always been struck by that. We see ourselves like grasshoppers, therefore our enemies see us that way. It's amazing how powerful that is. Your identity in Christ, I have nothing to prove. I have no one to impress. I'm not living for the persuasion of popular opinion. I'm not more concerned with my profile or my platform than I am obeying God. Can't tell you how many people in the last several months say, what are we gonna do? Well, you know, you don't wanna be the first, but you don't wanna be the last, and what about this, and what about that? Whatever happened to do what God says and do what's right? Whatever happened to just saying, you know what, Lord, I'm not in this for me, I'm going to do what you say because the truth is, I am who you say I am. I can only do what you say I can do Ultimately, that's how I see myself. So my confidence is not in me. My confidence is in you. And I want you to know, that will push fear back in your life. You'll always be afraid when you're looking at the reports, the analysis, the popular opinion, what someone else says. You'll always be scared because you're led by the wrong stuff. But you'll have faith when you say, Lord, I'm just here to serve you. I'm here to obey you. And I'm going to tell you, you're always going to have fear present. Every time you obey God, I wanna set you free for a minute. Every time you obey God, you're going to be afraid. Y'all look at me and say, you're bald, bold and powerful pastor, I appreciate it. I know you're thinking that, I appreciate it. (laughs) But my innate personality is not that. My innate personality, if you need a strategic advisor to help you understand things, I'm your man. If you need someone who can analyze scenarios and look into the future and see the potential problems and give you a SWOT analysis, I'm your man. My dad was an engineer. I know how to do it. If you need someone who's intuitive to feel the emotions in the room and feel what could go wrong, I'm your man. I know how to do it because that's how God made me. And I was a scared little kid, let me just tell you. I love to tell the stories. When I got hit with a baseball, I went and sat on a bench because I'm like, why would we stand in front of a guy throwing a hard object at people? (laughs) When I went to swimming lessons, this is the real me. My mom took me to swimming lessons, I sat on the side, because why am I gonna get in that water you can drown in when the side is so stable? I went home, my dad's six foot seven. He said, did the boy swim? My mom said, he doesn't have to. You leave him alone. Come on, how many of y'all love your mom? You know what I'm saying? Your mom, you're terrible, and she thinks you're awesome. You can't sing, and she wants to put you in the choir. You know what I'm saying? Because your mom thinks you're awesome. Second day, I just sat on the side. Teacher, Jeff, come on, Jeffy. I'm like, no way, brother. Mm-mm. No, no, man, that's scary. Went home. Did the boy swim? Now, this is old school parenting. By the third day, my dad said, boy, you get in that water. I'm coming to swim unless I'm throwing your tail in. You know what I'm saying? That, we can't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? But that's old school parenting. I mean, I knew, won't get in there and swim. Here's what, I'm, I'm being serious for a minute on this. The water always looks scary. It's always scary. But why should the fear of the water stop you from stepping into the promised land that God has for you? Here's number three and so, so important. Amplify voices of faith and turn off fear and unbelief. I'm amazed, fresh and anew in this story, that the whole crowd was crying over something they'd never even seen. That's the power of negativity, unbelief. And I want to encourage you with something. We live in a world where that voice is not going to get softer. It's not going to get softer. Let me just pastor you for a minute. The voice of unbelief is only going to get louder. It's loud. Now, some of you are going, what are you talking about, preacher? You're talking about vax, no vax, mask, no mask? Please, no. Don't email me, by the way, either. I'm not going to read it. I'm so done with all that. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you can write stuff on that little thing you carry in your hand. Used to, if you were a journalist, you had to stand behind what you actually said that you're reporting the facts. Now you can say whatever you want to say. Anybody can say whatever they want to say. And fear and unbelief just gets rampant around by the amount of consumption you do. Turn it off. Turn it off. I don't... I don't absorb it. I don't. I don't absorb it. I don't hang around people that are cynical and full of fear and unbelief either, I don't. I'm talking about Christian people. God bless religious people. Y'all know what I'm saying? They think they're helping. It's unbelief. I just tell it like it is. No, you're full of unbelief. That's what you are. Well, I just feel like something needs to be said. Maybe not. I, I mean, seriously, get a different spirit. Get a different spirit. Some of you are like, I'd love to hang out with Pastor Jeff. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not, because I'll correct your attitude in a minute. In a minute, bad attitude. Bad attitude, bad spirit. It spreads. You're like, why is that important? Look, at your house, you're like, well, I can't change everybody on Facebook. No, you can't. You can't change everybody in the world. You can change it at your house. You can change it on your team. You can change it around, you can change it in your own heart because fear and unbelief keeps you wandering. The spirit of Caleb causes you to possess. I want to leave you with something practical. I always love to leave you with something practical. You know, it's like, wow, that was exciting, Pastor. Pastor seemed to be excited today. But what do we do? Right there, Hazlitt Campus, online. When you leave today at all our locations, wherever you're at, we have one of these called the living word for you. Cause I know there are some, there's somebody listening to me right now, you're like, I wanna have more faith and you say it's based on what the word of God says, but I don't know what the word of God says about my situation. Well, we have categories, identity, stewardship, faith, I wanna tell you, if you're stuck and you're wandering and you're just fed up with being fed up and you're tired of letting the enemy and all the fake giants that are out there torment you and you're tired of walking round and round and round, here would be my greatest advice. Find out about what God said about your situation and be crazy enough to do it. You're like, I don't know how to pray. Pray the word. Pray the word. I have it on the back of my phone. I have it on the dash of my car. I have a verse on the dash of my car. Let me just tell you, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. I've been confessing it for months. It's amazing. It's powerful. Y'all know the Bible's got some crazy promises in it. Have you been reading? I'm telling you, it's got some crazy stuff in it. Most of us get to the end of our lives on our deathbed and we will wish we would have believed God more. Find out what God says. You can do it on the QR code if you want to. We have it right back here. We have these for you. And I would encourage you to begin to take those. You say, I don't know how to pray. Pray the word. You're always praying the will of God when you're praying the word. And it'll begin to build faith in your life, confidence. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me, every single person listening to me right now. Somebody here says, pastor, I need to step out in faith and trust Jesus. Maybe he's been revealing himself to you. Maybe he's been drawing you but you just have been scared. You've been thinking, well, I don't know if I can live up to it, or I I don't know all the answers, but Faith says, I'm just gonna say yes to Jesus. And right where you are, you can say, Jesus, I surrender all to you. Notice Caleb, it says, he followed him wholeheartedly. There's some of you here, you're like, I'm kind of half in and half out. That's a miserable place to be. Half in and half out is a terrible place to be. Just say, Jesus, here I am, my whole heart. I give you my whole life. I believe you died for me, you rose from the dead. I accept you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life, change me. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Come forward at the end. Come to Discovery 101, I'd love to meet you and let us help you start your journey. But second of all, Lord, I pray right now, I meet people every single week who are still picking the shrapnel out of their souls from the lack of faith that they've had in their lives and the challenges and the pressures that they faced. And Lord, I ask you right now, Lord, that you would replace fear, you would replace unbelief, negativity, lack of hope. Maybe somebody listening to me right now just has a lack of hope. Pastor, you don't understand, my situation's unique. It's not fixable, it's just too far gone. Father, we thank you today that our conviction's not based on what I see. It's not based on what we see around us, Lord. It's based on your character, your nature. And so Lord, I ask you to deposit even an impartation beyond the information to every person listening to me, a biblical faith to walk into everything that you have for us in Jesus' name.